Hello there, this interview that you're about to hear was originally done by me, Sam Roscoe or Chris Prince for the Blue Moon podcast sometime between 2009 and now. That means if there's anything that sounds a bit out of date or if there's anything that's an obvious topic that we've not asked the guest about, it's probably because the interview is from a long time ago. This show is basically the Blue Moon podcast interview archive. All of the new interviews that we do with former City players and managers will go live on the Blue Moon podcast first, so if you like what you hear then please go and subscribe to that and there's a new show every Friday with a look at everything on and off the pitch for City. But for now enjoy the end of this generic recorded message and enjoy the interview with the person whose name is in the title of this episode. It was the biggest move. Um, It brought me back into the top flight from when I left Everton at 19 years old. I'd I'd made my debut there and it was 20 brief minutes and I felt like my full debut was my first game for Man City uh, at Anfield you know. Um, one of them things that for me it was I wanted to get back to the top flight I had four years at Carlisle where I'd slumped down to the bottom of the fourth division and believing in yourself that you were better than that stepping back up to Bournemouth and I think it may have had a lot to do with that Bournemouth game the second to last game of the season that year uh, I think it solidified my move here if anything well, I was going to ask, you had already played at Main Road for, for Bournemouth. What was that like? I'd played for Carlisle and scored, actually, funny enough, two years earlier. Uh, we beat Man City 3-1 at Main Road, and I scored a header, which, when I scored against Man United, people said he doesn't score headers, but obviously didn't remember. I looked a little bit different in them days as well, but um, uh, signing and, and uh, playing at Main Road, I was just talking earlier that it, it was... It was the place for me, you know. Somebody was saying about all the hodgepodge stands, and but being out there and playing there was was fantastic. The kickbacks and the atmosphere, and it was great. Now, unfortunately, your first spell at City didn't. Well, it wasn't a long one. Um, what influence do you think Howard Kendall was on that? He was everything because he was the manager. Um, I spoke to Howard after it. I spoke to Lou McCarney about what went on. Uh, obviously, as a player, you don't you don't get all the full story you know the, the the club want either money or in that case Howard wanted a player and Lou McCarty told me afterwards that um, he didn't want Wardy to leave and by sort of saying no when Howard said who do you want he thought if he said me the deal would be off because Howard wouldn't let me go and uh, as we know Howard did <laughs> let me go and he said to Lou said to me I couldn't believe that he'd, he'd said that and he felt he'd got the better end of the deal Were you disappointed in the way that it was handled? No Howard what it was I think when he came back and I'd said to Lakey that it's been nice knowing you he went no it couldn't happen couldn't happen but you know I, I had a feeling Howard had let me go through no fallout from Everton um, he told me I had nine months of my contract left he told me Carl had come in and he kept the sell-on close, so he obviously rated me as a player, but me way through to the first team at Everton was blocked by tons of players who he brought in when he took over the job. And when he came back to City, and I've, Howard actually came and visited me in my pub in Southport, you know, he, he had a job to do. He wanted to keep City up. Uh, I always thought at the time that maybe he needed more of a battling type of player than what I was. Um, I'm a big believer that you can play your way out of anything. Um, but maybe he thought... You know, Mark Ward would do a job for him and he was prepared to let me go. And at the end of the day, he, he kept City up that season. So whatever decisions he made then, 
were possibly, possibly not probably, possibly the right ones. It, it changed my life, and and at the, you know, first of all, it was oh upheaval again. I just moved from the south coast back up north. Then it was back down to uh, I couldn't have gone any. It was chaos really from Carlisle to to Bournemouth. If I'd moved any further, I'd have had to wear my wellies, you know. And then it was back up and then back down again. Um, but what happened after that? I wouldn't change it for the world. So he's had a he's had a, an influence on my life, and you know, uh, things happen for reasons, don't they? And uh, I wouldn't have got the playoffs at Wembley, and you know, all that wouldn't have happened. So you know, well, I've got to ask as well about the five-one derby <clears throat> before the game. Could you see anything like that happening? You, you never you never believe you're going to get your ass kicked. To be honest with you, you never. You're never going to believe that you're going to go and trounce them 5-1, neither. You know, it was a case of we were a young team, they were a team full of superstars, and it, it fires you up. I mean, it, to stop and think about it now, I'd probably get the same feelings in my stomach as I did before the game. Uh, you know, obviously, if, if there was a different outcome, you may, you may feel differently, but uh, that day will never go away. It's, it's one of them things. It's, you look around, and, and when you come back to the club, which I haven't done very often, you know, people are still talking about it, like you asking me the question now, but it was a part of my life, a part of the club's history, and I'm just proud to be a part of this club's history. Do you remember that header then? Of course I do. You talk me through <laughs> I, it? I watch it every other day. <laughs> talk you through it. When I, when I do, you know, when it happened, I, I didn't realise how far I'd run, to be honest with you. But I remember when Stevie Redmond broke the attack up on the edge of our box, and I was more or less standing next to him. And I think it was Paul Ince at the time. He was one of their big signs. I think he was he was there alongside me, and he just didn't track me, which I must have deceived him with me with me pace. Uh, he probably didn't realise somebody could run that slow. I just the way it panned out, seeing Dave Oldfield, and it could have just it could have never happened if Gary Pallister would have got more of a touch on it. You know, if David had chipped it to the back post. I remember Trevor. He was behind me. Coming, he, he was going to have a go at me because I didn't leave it for him. And then obviously when it went in the net, it all changed. But uh, I just threw myself at it. I knew that. I just thought, it's there, it's there. I'm going to have to die for this one. And I don't know what's going to happen afterwards because I ended up sliding upside down and Jim Layton was coming out. I don't know what his feet first or whatever, but I didn't see it go in. I don't know if you, you recall, if you look at the video, the Betamax, whatever it was, in black and white. Now, once it's, I've heard the roar, I've sort of looked up and tried to look where the ball was, and then it was like a delay before I started running away, you know. I didn't know what celebration to do, because I wasn't used to celebrating, because I didn't score that many, but... For, for, to think about it and being back at the club, and I've talked about Dickie's photo and, uh, at Wembley where he's sliding on his knees... I think the photo of him picking me up and me fist in the air, I think that's just as famous, really, you know. Well, you mentioned Wembley there. You had kind of like a 10-year hiatus down at West Ham before moving back to City. Yeah. Um, when you heard that Joe Royal was interested, was there any, uh, was there any decision to be made or was it, was it well, easy? I'd, I'd had an make? agreement with Harry. I was actually nine years at West Ham and they'd offered me another year with a testimonial. And I'd, I'd had an agreement with him because I wasn't liking what was happening there. I wasn't... You know, I, I wasn't his favourite at the time, I don't think. We'd had fallouts and what have you. <clears throat> and I felt I should have been playing, and he had me on the bench. I think 23 games that season, and I'd only got on the field three times. And I said to him, I'm 32 years old, I need to be playing. Um, if I can find a club, 
which I didn't mean if I could find a club, if I could sort out and move, would he give me a free transfer so the club wouldn't have to pay anything? Um, I would then give up a testimonial year, which was massive, you know. Could have got a lot of tax-free money, but the thing that was important to me was to play. Um, I wanted to play for West Ham, I'll be honest with you. I wanted to stay there, but I wanted to play. I didn't ever want to leave the club. I'd made statements, I'd had opportunities. I think I could have gone to QPR two or three times. Brian Clough wanted me at Forest, I think, twice. Southampton had come in and, you know, for decent money as for the time. And I'd turned it all down. I didn't want to leave the club. I didn't want to get away from West Ham. And it's a family club similar to this. I didn't want to um, get away from that. But when my wife, I was actually out in London, my wife sort of called me, she said, you need to come home now. Uh, she always said that anyway. <laughs> I never normally listen to her, but... Um, she only had a phone call. I think it was Mick Maguire from the PFA, who was one of Joe's best mates anyway. I phoned Mick, he said, Joe wants to speak to you. I went, Jesus, city. I've got to go, you know. And I've said I wouldn't have left West Ham for any other club. I wouldn't have given up a testimonial for any other club. And I didn't care what division it was. I knew they were on the way down. I think there was five games left. Not, you know, still could have been salvaged, but it wouldn't have mattered to me. Um, I phoned Joe, I drove straight up there, I think they were playing Port Vale in the reserves, I met him at the stadium, agreed everything straight away, uh, then I phoned Harry and told him that I'd signed. It wasn't a proper transfer, it wasn't the right way to go about things, but um, I reminded him that he'd shook my hand on a training field one day and said if I find a club he'd let me have a free transfer. He obviously wanted to argue about it, but I said it's too late, it's done. I said, I'll be out your here, you don't need me, and this is where I want to be. He went, if that's what you want, okay. Was it a very different city you'd gone back to? Yeah. Yeah, the city I left was, even even though we'd results hadn't gone our way that year, we were playing some good football and, and people were talking about us. You know, it's, it's a pressure game and, you know, Mel suffered for it. Um, when I came back uh, and stated at, at the supporters club in Bredbury last week, it was like Midnight Express. I don't know if you recall the film where he's in the asylum and they're all walking around in a circle the same way. There was 54 players, I think, walking around in a circle the same way and I decided to walk the other way. You know, I didn't want to be part of it. I knew some of the players that was languishing here on big money. Uh, you know, I couldn't not be their friend, but I didn't want to be and hear the bad stuff that they wanted to say at the time about the club. I just came. I wanted to resurrect it, you know. And I sort of mixed in with the, the people that I thought were positive and, and wanted this club to succeed, and, and we did. Even though we did go down that year, and I'm part of that, even though it was five games, you know. I didn't make an impact when I first came back, I knew that. I was injured for the beginning of the following season, came back and it was only wins and success. And people say you should never go back, but the two spells I had at the club, I have nothing but great great memories, great stories, met great people. And, and coming back and doing things like this, people come up and thank you for doing it, but it is really a pleasure to, to be amongst it all, you know. Well, I've got to ask about 99 and, and Wembley. <clears throat> Uh, you started the game on the bench, but it kind of all happened after you came on. Well, it, it did, but you know I wasn't supposed to play. I was I had a hamstring problem, and I should have been out for six weeks. And it was two weeks after 
I had to convince Joe and train for that week that I was okay. And even on the day before we left, he said he wasn't going to risk it, and I had to beg him. I said, I've got to be there. I don't care on, on the bench or not, but I've got to be there. And uh, I don't think he regrets it now, because he did tell me afterwards. I remember him coming on the field and saying, you changed the game, you know. I said, yeah, it was nil-nil. And when it came on, it went 2 nil down. Yeah, it changed the game. He went, oh, you know what I mean, you know. It was just a, it was a great experience, great time, you know. Was, you couldn't, oh, I say you couldn't uh, replicate it, but it happened last May, didn't it? And when they're saying this would never happen or never happen before, it did happen before, you know. It happened in 99, and the good thing is people say if 99 didn't happen, then this wouldn't have happened, you know. And I've always said it's one of them clubs that looks after the sex players and realises what you've actually done for the club, you know. At 2-0, did you think it was over? Never. Never. We, we were the better team. I didn't... You, you never do when you're on the field. You know, I've had the same questions asked about... I remember playing for West Ham in 92, and we beat Man United 1-0 when Leeds won the championship. And Ferguson had a goal at us in his book and said West Ham's performance was obscene. How can a team that's already relegated uh, come and do that to a just because it's Man United, oh, that's bullshit, you know, it's, you, you play to win and until that last whistle goes, you're still in with it, you know, unless the game's 4-0, whatever, dead and buried, 2-0 is a dangerous score anyway, you've never done a 2-0, two's never enough, you know, team scores one, they get the momentum and then all of a sudden the, the team with two is on the back foot and that seemed to be what happened, you know, I'd like to think that I played a, a big part in that day and, and, and that game, I, I know how well I played it. I still ended up having to play an hour, where I thought, no, it was, and, well, an hour and 15, won it really, if it, second half, and I thought, if I get on at any time, just give me 10 minutes, we'll be fine. So I was out there, conscious of me hamstring, and, you know, the last thing I wanted to do was to come on, and then have to go off again, and leave us a man down. But um, I caught my way through training, I thought, I'll come my way through a game, you know. Was, was your name down on the penalty takers list? No, not at all, no. I said to the boys, I've had enough glory here, you can get it. No, I wasn't there. I, obviously, because I'm not a starter. I wasn't a starter, so it, he'd, he'd picked the penalty takers beforehand and made sure that they stayed on the field. But but I'm, I, I might have a claim to fame where now everybody who takes penalties, the whole team's on the halfway line with their arms around each other. I got everybody together, and I think that's the first time it ever happened. Honestly, no, I'm not kidding. I may be wrong, but I thought that's what happened. Well, a season later, it all kind of uh, it happened again at Blackburn. We yeah. had uh, goal down, having to fight back in the second half. You well, come on as a substitute. It, it, you know, it, it's the same thing again. It was. It was weird. Uh, my best memory of that day is I think there was probably more fans outside than there was in the stadium. I think we had 10,000 that day, did we? And there was 15,000 on the hill. Uh, I nearly died that day as well, by the way. When they came on the field afterwards... I got trampled and I couldn't get up. People trying to take your shorts off, your shirt off, your boots off, and you're getting picked up left, right, centre. I swear I felt them closing in. I thought I was gonna, uh, I thought I was gonna get smothered that day. Another, another great day that I don't remember much about the day after. But uh, it's a good job you watch the videos, eh? Well, then, uh, it was essentially back-to-back promotions to the Premier League. Do you think that that season in the Premier League was a bit of a, kind of like a shock to the system? Um, you know what? Uh, 
I think I think we we set up a little bit negative, to be honest with you. I think Joe went out and bought centre halves. I think he bought uh, Alfie, who was a centre back, cup midfield player. Steve Howie, um, Spencer Pryor. I can't really think of many more signers that weren't defensive types of players, you know. And I think Joe sort of must have had the impression that let's survive the first season, which is vital. And like I said earlier, you know, for me, you've got to go out and beat, beat people by playing. If that's what you do, you know, uh, I didn't get as many starts as I'd have liked. I know my age came to it, came into it. I think it was a little bit political as well to tell you the truth, because of me eight. Um, but it was awkward for me because if I started, I was told I was the best player out there, but yet the next game I'd probably be on the bench. If I came off the bench, I'd told I'd change the game, but wouldn't start the next one. So it was a little bit, it was a little bit awkward for me. I would, have, I would have really loved to have stayed at the club, seen out me playing days here, and joined in a coaching capacity, but... When, when you're not playing as often you, as you want to be, you know, the time came, I think it was March, that an offer from the, the United States came up. I thought, you know, you know what, at least probably over there I can go and play another three or four years. I don't know, I, I think I still could have played in the Premier League at 37, 38. I was 35 when I left. You know, I never fast, so I couldn't lose my pace, could I? You know? Uh, your speed is your speed of thought. And Giggsy's doing it now, although he still is quick. Scholes is doing it now. And, you know, I think I could have done it. Are you surprised at what's happened at City since then? Not surprised, no, because, uh, you know, Abramovich came in and did a similar thing with Chelsea. Why, why not Man City? I could, I'm, I'm happy. I could, it, couldn't, it couldn't happen to a better club. You know, I've seen the suffering and I know about the suffering and I've been part of it. Um, I just uh, think it's it's a godsend that it's it's came here now and and what happened last May is you know everyone says you know you wish you was involved and all this. Uh, my regret is that I was on my own in Florida watching it on the telly. You know, even if I was just a spectator, even if I was in a pub watching it here, at least I'd have got the feeling of it all. You know, and don't get me wrong, I was still jumping up and down on the couch, but my celebrations only lasted for a day which I was gutted about. It probably went on all summer over here, you know. And you look at people's faces now and it's, it's great to be around. Well, one thing I've got to ask about, um, after, after your playing days had finished, um, you, is it right you went into children's books? I was doing that while I was playing, actually. I started um, when we had our first child in 92. I started painting pictures on, on the bedroom walls for them, you know. Um, then it was a case of, okay, now I'm reading them stories of a night time. I had my second child in 95 and then 98. I'm reading them stories of a night time. And there's no kids' books about football. So I used to like to draw and stuff, you know. So I decided to invent a team of uh, characters that I named and gave them double meanings with football cliches and stuff, you know. And I thought, well, I actually like doing it. I like writing it. I think grown-ups would maybe read into the double meanings of everything 
but the kids would like them for the characters and that, you know. So I thought at the same time, parents reading to kids, they would both get a little bit of enjoyment out of it. Uh, I got offered a publishing deal, I think, in 2000, and I turned it down. I didn't think they were offering me enough for what it, what it was, and uh, as I was still trying to sort it out, I'd completed five of the ten books, the other five were finished in my head anyway, so it was a case of putting them down on paper, or in paper form, and my move to Miami came up. Uh, turned the publishing deal down, took the move, forgot about it. Any, any plans to go back? You know what, uh, I wouldn't mind maybe speaking to someone about doing a little animated film, you know. Um, I've still got the ideas there, they've stayed there. i better get them on before I forget them completely, though.